welcome to the show. We're going to have some fun over the next few minutes, and it's all because of this incredible gas-saving device called the Tornado. <laughs> well, that's a little teaser. All right. As to what we're going to do later. That sounded like the dude uh, from uh, Auto Week, was it? No. Oh, sounded like it for a second. And it's just announcer guy. Okay. Announcer guy voice. Um, but anyway, Brad, take it away. Welcome to episode 77 of Auto Off Topic. Uh, I'm Andrew. And I'm Brad. And uh, this is Auto Off Topic. Keep doing the intro. <laughs> All right. I'm still Brad. Welcome to episode 77 of Auto Off Topic. I haven't changed. Uh, weather's warm. It is. Sort of. I'll be happy when we don't talk about weather anymore because it's warm all the time. Well, the last week has been real nice. It's been weirdly nice again. Uh, well, it snowed Saturday and then... Yeah, that's right. Or Sunday morning right? it snowed. I don't remember. No, Sunday morning it snowed and oh, then it's here been it rained. Like 55, 60 all week. Here it rained, so... Oh, no, it was weird. So last week it was like, on Wednesday, it was like 70. Right. And then Cold the next day it sleeted and snowed, so they salted everything. Right. And then it rained, and it washed, washed the salt away. away. <laughs> and right now you're like, if you don't live around here, you're like, why do you two idiots live around there? We ask ourselves the same thing every day. Um, Hopefully we won't live here forever. But... For now, a solid plan. We do. So we deal with salt and snow and cold. But it's been mild. Yay. It has been. Yeah. And actually, it rained again after they salted. So everything was washed away again. And it rained really hard. So yeah. everything was really clean. Mm-hmm. The roads are pretty much spotless now. So I actually took my car out of the garage. Yeah. So is that your project car update? Is that you took the cold out of the garage and drove it? I guess so. I mean, it's pretty much a project car round in circles because it's already back in the garage because it's supposed to get crappy again here. What did you have to do Saturday? Because you wanted to drive it Saturday and you couldn't? Oh, Saturday before it snowed, I was going to drive it. And I went down to the garage and went to the garage and I was like, oh, that's a weird gap between the rear tire and the quarter panel. And then I noticed that the right front tire was completely flat. So the car was sagging in the right front corner. Hmm. Unfortunately, in the garage where I store a few vehicles, I don't have a compressor. So my mission at that point was to find a cheap compressor, bring it back, pump the tire, take it for a drive. Mm -hmm. So I went to the next state over, uh, because that's where the closest harbor freight is to where I live. Also tax-free. Also tax-free. That's just a... Although I report on my taxes all the items that I purchased in New Hampshire. Yes. In order to yes. not get in trouble with the tax police in Massachusetts. Yeah, we all do. Of course. Um, but anyway, um, the Harbor Freight is there, and they have a special this week on their pancake-style compressor, the flat-style one. It was like $46 for a three-gallon, half-horsepower, oilless compressor. Like a low duty, not anything fancy, something just to have around the house, or in this case, my storage facility. Uh, it was like forty six bucks, so it was total, and I had a twenty percent off coupon, so it was like thirty eight dollars <laughs> for a compressor. The place is crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So I got the compressor. Actually, it worked really well. It's actually even pretty quiet, surprisingly enough. It's got a built in regulator right on it. I mean, you could spray an airbrush with this thing. It seems like it would cost more to make it. 
I the price you paid for it. I don't understand. But apparently not. I've paid more for a plastic bottle car before. Yeah. So it's strange. Um, actually, most plastic bottle cars are more than $38 now. I mean, I've seen some prices of the stuff that comes out of Asia. I mean, if you make enough of it in big enough quantities. Yeah, well. It's cheap. Less than $40 for a compressor is uh, something you can't complain about, I guess. Amazing times. Oh, the guy tried to sell me a $25 service plan on it. I told him he could. Yeah, I'll just. Told him where he could put that. I'll just buy another one. <laughs> I was like, well, if it breaks in the next, in like the first year, I'm just going to return it. And then the second year, I'll just roll the dice. Yeah. I don't want to pay 50% of the purchase price of my product for a production plan. That'd be like buying a $20,000 car and spending $10,000 on a warranty. Just doesn't make sense. But the warranty is like if one thing breaks, they just give you a new car for half yes. the price. That's still, I would still roll the dice, I think, in that case. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of a ridiculous thing. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. So, anyway, so I bought a compressor. Um, however, where the Harbor Freight is in Salem, New Hampshire, is really close to a friend of the podcast, Joe's house. So he was like, Oh, you're in New Hampshire. You should come by for like. Couple minutes, have a beer, hang out. So a couple minutes turned into I didn't get home until nine o'clock at night, so I didn't wind up using the car on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I said, "Eh, no big deal. I'll wake up Sunday morning." It's supposed to be drizzly, but it's supposed to be warm anyway, so I'll drive it in the drizzly crap on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up Sunday morning to it snowing and sleeting, I was a bit upset, so I did not get to drive the car. So, well, it is still winter, so I know. there you go. But I ruined it by not doing it on Saturday. And uh, But anyway, so I figured at that point it would be, unfortunately, probably April before I got to drive the car. But luck have it, it's been warm still this week, and I took it out last night. Had it out for about 26 hours. <laughs> yeah. Did a couple things in it, drove it to work today, drove it back to the garage, and there it sits. So... No project car update, per se, but project car usage. Cool. I was thinking about keeping it out till tomorrow night and maybe playing with the fog lights and the bumper, but then I misread the weather report and thought I was going to start nor'eastering tomorrow, mm-hmm. but apparently nor'easter is a Friday. Mm-hmm. So, but it's already put away, and it's a project to get back out for a day, so I won't. Yeah, but we're, I mean, today's the last day of February. Yeah, we're on the upswing. Uh, March is coming in like a lion. It is. Yep. So hopefully it goes out like a lamb. No, it goes out like a lion, too. No. Wait. How does that work? What does the lion represent? Horrible weather? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought it came in fast. No. And, like, sauntered away slowly like a lamb would. I don't know how these proverbs work, Andrew. I'm not a proverb guy. No, it can go both ways, though. Okay. Either... and. It, I'm actually holding the book, the John Buffum biography, which is In Like a Lamb, Out Like a Lion, which refers to taking a corner in a rally, uh, in easy, out, out hard. hard. Okay. So the month is coming in hard? Yeah. It's not, though. We're having a big nor'easter. Yeah, but it's 60 degrees, so it's not going to snow. No, this is February. <laughs> right, but it's not going to snow. Uh, yeah, but they're having a really bad nor'easter. Two days from now. But with no snow. It's going to be a rain nor'easter. That's still a bad storm. Rain, rain doesn't count for anything. Rain's just rain. It goes away the next day. Uh, I guess. Unless heavy, you live on the coast, I apologize if your house floods and the ocean comes in. Heavy winds door, and storm. Well, whatever. It's, uh, 
it's not going to snow, so they're not going to salt. So when it's 60 degrees again next week, mm. I can drive the car again, and I'm yeah. happy. So I don't care. And we can actually do project car update stuff with it instead of just... Brad's project update was he drove his car. Yay, New England. But anyway, did you uh, have any project cars? I did. Well, the daily. It's still a project. It's a project. Uh, the belts were getting real bad. As in squeaky? Or yeah, loose? Yeah. They're, 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 once they loosen up, you can try to retighten them, but they never quite come back. So I needed to put new ones in. I was putting it off for a little bit. And then uh, the other morning I went to leave the house and they just squealed like nearly all the way down the street Whoops. <laughs> to the traffic light. Uh, it wasn't even that damp out. So I swapped those the other day. Nice and quiet. Wasn't without um, drama though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I shattered the tensioner because right. it was frozen with rust. Um, Which is probably leading to the squealy loose belts. No. Solid, solid not moving tensioner? Uh, it's not supposed to. It's a manual tensioner. Once oh, you okay. set it, it should stay set. Okay. I was thinking of a no. It doesn't have like spring loaded auto tensioner. That's the thing. If if you had an auto tensioner on your belts, you usually don't hear them squeak because it tightens as they mm-hmm. get older mm-hmm. and wear in. Well, that's uh, why I thought it was squeaking yeah. because your auto tensioner was frozen from rust. That's what I thought. No, in my head, not being a Subaru owner no. because I'm not out like a sheep or the lamb. I'm not a sheep. I don't have a Subaru. Whatever. Sorry, Subaru owners. It's Literally the same setup. It was on Stephanie's Outback. <laughs> it's the same on Joe's Forester. It's the same right. on another car we have at work. It's the same on my car, and it's just these two belt. I like it's simple, yeah, because it's a two. It's way easier than other uh, serpentine belts. Yeah, no, I give, you, I give you crap for owning Subarus, but I don't have no problem with them. I just don't happen to own any. If I got a good deal on a WRX, I don't want to. Yeah. So anyway, that was, and then the power steering was uh, like notchy because it was skipping it was skipping pl- yeah yeah it was the alternator and the power steering is driven on the same belt however as dsm and galant vr4 people we're used to notchy power steering because they always slip at high rpms yeah because it's a v belt yeah which is the oldest most annoying style belt like oh whatever but i remember many times in a dsm when you're driving aggressively the power steering goes out because the belt slips. Which doesn't really make sense to me because if you're moving at speed, you don't need power steering. Well, no, but when you're driving aggressively, say, in foul weather, and you're revving the engine and the car is sideways, when you're correcting steering, it's still you feel when there's no power steering. Yes, you just turn through it. But I'm not saying I couldn't do it. I'm just saying I noticed that it was gone. Yeah. Most of my cars don't even have power steering, so it's not a big deal. I'm just saying, whatever. Moving on, moving on, Andrew. What else did you do, Subaru? Uh, it had that misfire Subaru. I was talking about. Yes. Uh, so I did coils and plugs. It had the wrong plugs in it. And one of the coil packs from a previous someone replacing the plugs mm-hmm. was broken. The plug was broken to it. So it was loose. That would cause a misfire for sure. Yep. Uh, it was weird because the check engine light wouldn't stay on for the misfire, but you could definitely feel it. And now it's totally gone, and holy crap, the car is way faster. Is it? Yeah. They're running on four cylinders now, which is good. Yeah. As opposed to only sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, replace the coil pack connector, which I had bought four because I know they get they get really brittle. And There's I, a lot of heat down where they are. I expected one 
I expected them to break, take them off, and mm-hmm. three of them came off perfectly fine, and then one was already broken when I got there. So that was pretty good on me to already have them, and they're super easy to swap. Okay. Uh, but I learned that because I did coils or – no, I did plugs on Jordan's STI one, ty- one day, and the connector broke. Then we had to get a new one, so. Okay. I don't remember that, but makes sense. Uh, yep. And then I tried to fix the EVAP leak because I found some form threads about stuff saying it was EVAP solenoid possibly, and they get brittle and they crack. That's the one that you can't clear the code because it's not setting readiness? No. It will set a check engine light and then show ready. But as soon as you clear the code, the readiness goes away. But you okay. can't go get a sticker because the check engine light is on. Uh, the vicious circle begins. Yeah. Okay. That has a vacuum tee that comes out underneath it. That is this weird. It's like a, a vacuum tee and then a smaller adapter. Like, they could have just put one solid line. So that little adapter thing was, like, shattered. Okay. And it's plastic. Uh, so I thought maybe that was a leak, so I put a brass T fitting in there. I mean, it probably was a leak. And then new silicone lines that I had. Mm-hmm. So definitely good idea there if you've got a turbo car. Is that a good idea? Idea, yes. yeah. <laughs> I got like 10 feet of 4 mil and 10 feet of 6 mil silicone hose like a year ago. Just replace everything? From uh, HPS. No, I got it actually for the Gallant. Okay. But I just bought a ton of it because I have three turbo cars. And so uh, I still have plenty to fix up. My car? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, my Gallant. Aww. Because those are all old. That's the problem. When you have a vacuum leak and you want to go to the brick and mortar store to get the stuff, all it is is wash rows. Mm-hmm. That's all I have yep. ever. And eventually that stuff dries out so fast. Yeah. And it's just junk. And the uh, the... Factory hard line, well, the factory formed lines that are on the Subaru are 14 years old, mm-hmm. 160,000 miles on them. Oh, actually, almost 170,000 miles. They basically had turned to plastic. Yeah. And as soon as, as I can touch them, they break. Yeah, they just shattered. So I replaced them with the silicone ones. I was like, mm, maybe it'll work. No, it didn't. So I'm just going to have to have it smoke tested. That's find out where it might and, be out of leak. I mean, you probably fixed a few leaks. It's a small leak, so it's not a gross leak. So yeah. right, it's probably small just leaks. one. And there's one left somewhere. Um, it's probably the filler neck. But it's just easier to just pay someone to smoke test it and then not chase, chase it forever. Problem forever yeah. And the worst part is that in mass, there's rolling 15-year exemption. So if I go, the car's 14 years old. But you need uh, a sticker this year. I need a sticker this year. Yeah. One more year, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, but you still want to fix it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I don't know... Every time the check engine light on, I'm like, it's probably the EVAP, but I have to check it every time mm-hmm. to make sure it's not something else. Mm-hmm. Which, the scan gauge makes it super easy. One touch button. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And it tells me, and then I clear it. So, yeah, it's true. super I actually easy. was playing with the scan gauge today Yeah. Um, on the uh, the fuel settings on it, where you can adjust how much fuel costs every time you fill up. I haven't done that yet. Take. I keep meaning to do that. It's really interesting because it will break down cost of each trip you take really so you can find out exactly what each pay to go to work every day and exactly what it pays for me to come down here to do a podcast on wednesday nights okay well i'm not paying you for that that's fine i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it, it figures out everything to the to the penny so it would have been actually really helpful to have when i was more actively towing cars for money oh 
That's so a I, good point. I could easily, you know, pinpoint my exhaust, my exhaust cost, my fuel cost. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I had a pretty obviously good idea of it, but it'd be easier. Yeah, I, I just said idea. There. Look at that. Yeah. It'd be funny you and I said it. Um, I'd have a good idea about it and uh, could more accurately charge. Yeah, the that's, trips. It's good for that. All right. Yeah. So that that is a useful. Device. Yeah. No, I'm I'm loving this. I gotta thing. I gotta get into it more because there's some other stuff that you can do to it. So. Well, with the diesel, I have a few less things I can to keep track. Of. But there's uh, extra like X mode where you can go on their website and look up your truck. And if there's codes for it, there's other gauge stuff that can be added. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll figure that That's out expandable. Next. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's just as it sits out of the box, it's kind of neat. Yeah. And I, I actually took that out of my truck the other day yeah. to put it in a car to clear a code in a car. Yeah, there you go. Because it was just a car at work. I couldn't find the tech with the, the snap-on scan gauge. And I was like, I know what I can do. Yeah. I can use my scan gauge scan gauge. It'd be good for, like, uh, if you go to, like, Craigslist and you go buy a car and it has a check engine light on. Find exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good device. Uh, and then I had a, so there was a Cobb tuning SF intake that came with the car. What does SF stand for? I don't know. Hmm. But it was funny because it was actually my intake that I had on my STI that I sold to Keith when I got rid of my STI. He never put it on the car? And yeah, Keith is the old owner of this car. And yeah. He never put it on. But he bought a new filter, and he gave it back to me with the car. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so it's a brand new filter. <laughs> but the crazy thing was I bought the intake before Cobb had come out with the cold air box for it that you could buy separately. Okay. So eventually I have to buy that. Well, it's like a heat shield box. but Right. But uh, anyway, I, I mean, I remembered what it sounded like before and so it's like just super quiet exhaust and all you hear is induction noise so it's kind of like your sti was because that your car now has an sti exhaust on it and the intake you have in your sti it has yeah basically it has the same downpipe that was on my sti and, and a stock sti exhaust yeah yeah it all feels the, about as quick as my stock sti did. yeah it feels pretty quick um but yeah just hearing the because now you can hear the Induction, and then when you let off the blow valve, the sound travels back through the intake. So that's cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty. Uh, that's the coolest part of a turbo car is the noises it makes. Yes. So um, I get it. that, however, is not helping my fuel mileage. <laughs> Probably <laughs> or it not. didn't the other day. I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. Well, I know that <laughs> like the two days I drove your car, I used a lot more fuel than you normally do because it had been a while since I drove a turbo car, so I was in it all the time. Yep. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no project car stuff. I haven't touched my shells, I don't think. Yeah, that's it. That's all I have. Yeah, I haven't done much of anything. Mm-hmm. So. A little guest appearance. I hear uh, Enzo barking upstairs. I don't really hear it in the mics, though. Okay, good. So I just made a point for nothing. He might be there. I can't tell. I'm sure they can hear it. Um, I usually pick up on it. What, uh, well, I, I kind of adjusted stuff. The, um, I think scale project car updates. No. You brought a couple things. I did. I brought some show and tell to show you, which I already did, but we can go over them real quick. I have Oh, I thought you were saving them for the show. No, no. <laughs> I said show and tell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't, I can't show them on the radio here, so I was showing them to you and telling you about them. Um, but I can't say enough about these Tarmac Works diecast cars that I've been singing the praises of since our Hot Wheels episode with Jim a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a couple more that weren't Mitsubishi's. Yep. Um, an E30 touring car with the Jaegermeister livery. Yep. 
which is actually from uh, DTM series in 92. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 164 scale, Hot Wheels car size, and it's... I can't even explain how nice it is. So I always say I'll take pictures of stuff and put it on the Auto Off Topic Instagram page. Yeah, why don't you? And I will this time, I promise. I won't even put them away. I will take pictures. Yeah, I'll either make you do it before you leave here or you can at least take the pictures. That's a valid point. Oh, I don't have my quote-unquote softbox here to take okay. pictures. Okay, well then do it when you get home <laughs> and share it with the listeners because um, we did find one, out a lot of people really enjoy scale cars. They do, yeah. Strangely enough, that was a very um, lot of feedback, positive feedback from the Hot Wheels episode. So there'll be more stuff in the future. Sat on my headphone cable here and almost ripped my headphones off Oops. my head. And the other Tarmac Works diecast car that I brought here is an EG Civic race car. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what race series it's from. It says Group N, which I think was part of the Japanese touring cars. I have no idea. JGTC. Regardless, it was a cool-looking livery, and I've always liked EG Civic hatchbacks and race car ones specifically. So, again, Tarmac Works diecast cars, they're way too nice for what they are and what they cost. And uh, look them up. You can buy them on eBay from a seller named Surplus Goodies. And actually, I think if you go to surplusgoodies.com, it links to his eBay page. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll combine shipping on them, so that's good. But they're uh, very awesome. And I'll put pictures of them up. But yeah, no uh, no scale project cars. I haven't worked on many. You were talking about drilling out some Hot Wheels the other night. It was, and then yeah. I realized I couldn't find my drill. It's in storage somewhere oh. due to life events. Um, but I was trying to do it with a Dremel, and it's not an adjustable speed Dremel. It has two speeds, fast and faster. Yeah. So it was hard to control the drill speed. Yeah, because you just need to knock off the head of the rivet, right? Yeah. So it was like, which is too much. So at the fast drill speed, it would just drill through the center of the rivet instead of taking it off the way it's supposed to. I still haven't done one yet. Yeah. I should probably do it. So I found my drill. Yeah. So I'll do some more of those this week. But, yeah, I've got a couple of projects up my sleeve to make four people to match their personal cars. I keep meaning to do it, and I just haven't gotten to it. I don't know why. Yeah. Part of it also is there's so many... Hot Wheels? It's hard to pick what one you want to do. Which one do I pick? Well, that's why I chose a few that cars of people that we know. Yeah. So that I could make replicas of real cars. And then I'm like, what? Do. And then it's like, I don't know. I don't know what, what one I should do. I have no idea. Possibilities are endless. Like, I don't know. I'm like trying to think of what one I would do right now. Like, I have no idea. Meh, doesn't matter. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Did you buy the drill bits? Yeah, I have the drill bits. All right. I'll stop in you then. You know where your drill is? Yeah. And life is good. Get yeah. drilling. No. Yeah. Do some cool toy car project stuff. I should when it's really crappy on Saturday. Absolutely. That's a good day to do it. Uh, but you did bring me the M2 Hakasuka Skyline. Race car. Race yeah. car. Funny story about those. We were in New Hampshire. Don't tell Look at where I have a secret spot. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> where it was it's, easy it's to find stuff. specific secret spot. It's a, just a spot. It was a rural Walmart. Yes. Where the people who live in that area probably don't care about um, Japanese cars at all. So we walked in there. Or Hot Wheels. Yeah. So we walked in there literally two weeks ago. 
And they had a full set of the M2 Japanese cars. They had a full set is, of the... Which is the 510, the Hakusui Skyline, and the 240Z, which came out months ago, and they sold out immediately everywhere. But they had a full set of those, and they had a full set of the... Historic Japanese. Historic uh, Japanese classics. Japanese classics? Is that what it is? Japanese historics? Japanese historics. Yeah. Set two on the shelf just in the middle of the afternoon mm-hmm. because nobody up there cares. Mm-hmm. So we bought plenty of cool stuff while we were there. So, yeah, rural Walmarts apparently don't sell a lot of that stuff. <laughs> so we'll, checks out. We'll keep going back to that one every time we're up there just because yep. we get the cool stuff we can't find anywhere else. I haven't found anything locally at all. Well, it's because Jordan and I keep finding it all, taking it from you. Yeah. No. But thankfully, I found you the whole set of Japanese historics. So. You did. And then... You found me the Mag- Magnus car I was looking for. I forgot to bring it, though, to my house. That's all right. But, um, but yeah, every time I go to look for something, nothing. Oh, you just got to be do you know if the, a loser in life and not do anything but go to Walmarts and Toys R Us. Is, is, you'll the, find is the Toys R Us near us? Is that one going out of business? I have no idea. Hmm. That's where I found the Super Treasure Hunt Dotson pickup Hot Wheels. Yeah. So. Well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> You have it too now. Oh, I do? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus, Andrew. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently I not. sort of know, but I don't know. Apparently not. Anyway, uh, events coming up. Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee starts. The first one is March 25th. March 25th, yep. That's you the go- one at the coffee... Coffee what? What's the name of that place? Oh, the Coffee Factory. Coffee Factory. Thank you. Yep. Uh, in Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah, it's Ulster in the, Mall. Yeah, it's in Just the, Google Coffee Factory, Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah, I think it's a TJ Maxx and a New Hampshire liquor store. Yes. And the EB game, or GameStop, whatever it's called today. Yep. Um, in that same plaza. That's usually a pretty good one as far as size goes. Um, and they're, if you go on their of things. Facebook page, they'll, they're going to be posting all their Yeah, they're very, so. act, they're very active on the Facebook page, and they keep a lot of photos of the events and... They share other events as well from their page, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely check that out. It's called Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got the official word that March 25th is the first show, so I'm excited to start doing car stuff again soon. So, what's so, what else is going on tonight, Andrew? Uh, not much. Uh, I don't know just some fun stuff tonight. I uh, I loved watching infomercials when I was a kid. Especially when they're for like weird car gadgets. You're a weird kid. I'm a weird kid. And especially. This is where our intro came in for the show about the tornado? Yeah. Especially like gadgets that clearly don't work. Okay. And it's usually about fuel consumption. Right. Like the government's holding back the secrets to the 100 mile per gallon engine? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is an old urban legend that one guy has invented that and then he, when he presented it to the big three, he has mysteriously disappeared. Disappeared forever. Yeah. Um,. I think they've covered most of that on, like, Mythbusters and stuff. They oh, yeah. They've got a few of those oh, yeah. devices. Yeah. And it's always fun because it's just so goofy. Like, um, do you remember Splitfire plugs? I do. I can't remember. I know there was an ad campaign for it, but I can't remember the jingle because I was trying to think of it oh, earlier. Oh, well, I got it for you. Oh, excellent. Yeah. All I could think of was Crossfire, like the game. No. Like, Crossfire. Nope. Ready? <laughs> oh, I am, yes. No other premium price spark plug can take you there. Enter the performance zone. Wow. Only with Splitfire Performance B spark plugs. Get your passenger, you're gone. Splitfire Performance B <laughs> means more horsepower and better mileage. The difference in gas mileage has been fantastic. 
And now, get Splitfire B Performance for life. New Splitfire Triple Platinum Lifetime Spark Plugs. Enter yep. the Performance Zone only with Splitfire Performance Bs. Guaranteed. That was no very aggressive. <laughs> it was very aggressive. Now, would it surprise you? Uh, so they claimed that their V Electro design improved combustion by allowing the ignited flame to pass through the gap in the electrode instead of around it. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it doesn't matter where, as long as the spark happens at the spark plug, it doesn't really matter where it happens. Like, So what if we made it into a W? Yeah. Would that make it more efficient by their logic? Yeah, apparently. Because all I can think of now is... Uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch where they're making fun of like the Gillette Mach three <laughs> blade, <laughs> like keep Mach blades. eighteen, yeah. the tenth blade shaves the first layer of skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the twelfth blade doesn't even do doesn't anything. even do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I remember the commercials for those. I remember debating um, in high school whether or not those worked with people who weren't really car people who yeah. saw those commercials yeah. and decided that they needed them for their. Well, hold on. They needed it for their wide track Pontiac Grand Prix. Yeah, <laughs> it was well, a great ad campaign. When you hit passing gear, you really go. Yeah. So. <laughs> hit passing gear, you're gone. Yeah, it was very matter of fact. Yeah, it wasn't a very exciting statement. It's just he was a very. Uh, I pictured that guy wearing a cowboy hat. Was he wearing a cowboy hat? No, it was no. A, a suit and tie. Excellent. Hit passing um, gear, you're gone. What, what is passing gear? <laughs> I assume it's one under top gear because top gear would be an overdrive. <laughs> yeah. So on uh, a five-speed, fourth gear would be passing gear, I think. Would it shock you to learn that the United States Federal Trade Commission charged Spark uh, Splitfire with deceptive advertising in 1997? Actually, I think it would shock me to learn that because that means that the FTC actually studied this yeah. to prove it didn't work. So the spark plug maker settled the charges with the FTC, and Splitfire was then prohibited from making deceptive claims about fuel economy or emissions. But could they still tell you that when you hit passing gear, it'd be gone? Maybe. <laughs> I, I think probably anytime you put new spark plugs in your car, you're going to get better fuel economy, and it's going to perform better. Yes. Yes, new spark plugs will always make passing gear work better. Yes. As I proved this week when I put new spark plugs in my car. Well, it wasn't just spark plugs in your case. In your case, it was the coil that didn't actually do anything. Yeah. So that helped a lot. Yeah. I don't think these split fire spark plugs would have helped with your broken coil. No. That's, just... <laughs> that's, that's good advertising, though. I like that. I, I miss commercials like that. No. It's like, I just remember that. It was like, God, they advertised the crap out of those. Mm-hmm. And I don't know... I don't know anybody that actually used them. Because most of our friends are smart people. Yeah. I would assume none of our listeners use them either. No. But, uh, no, that was a fun one. Uh, and then I think it came out much li- like in the mid-2000s, the Fuel Saver Tornado. Yes, the one that makes a vortex of air yes. in your... Yes. So I remember that was the commercial. It makes yeah, a vortex it, of air. And the And the explanation of the vortex of air was one of those toys where you connect two two-liter... Soda bottles with water. Fun and fact. You, and then you spin it and make a tornado. Fun fact. Yeah. Those toys that connect two, soda, to, uh, two liter bottles of water yeah. were invented in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Really? Really. And the I only, thought you took two bottle caps, drilled a hole in them, and then glued them together. That's how you made them if you were poor. Okay. If you weren't poor, you bought the actual device to connect two bottles together that was invented in Marblehead, Massachusetts. How do you know that? And it's still, it's still made in Marblehead, Massachusetts. What? And... 
people I went to high school with, because yeah. the company came out when we were in high school, got jobs there in the packaging factory. Yeah. And two of them, 20 years later, made a career out of it and still worked there. The company still sells these? The company still sells these. And the same employees that were their first employees that went to high school with me still work there today. And it's just a coupler to couple two. Literally, it's two threaded things they for make, two liter so bottles. They make, they're made in the USA? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I don't know where the fact I assume maybe they're not made in the USA anymore. Maybe they are. I don't know. But they're they're at least packaged in Marblehead. Shipped from Marblehead, Massachusetts. I remember when they got the jobs there, it was like they worked in a trailer. And it was the most sketchy thing ever in like some dude's backyard. And then 20 years later, <laughs> they're still working for the tornado, the tornado bottle guy. I don't know what they called it, but tornado tube or something? Uh, I'm looking it up. Soda. 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 <laughs> Soda bottle tornado? Yeah, that's so weird that that is a thing. Uh, yep, tornado tubes. Yeah. That's what it's called. Teacher source. I don't know. I guess it teaches... I, yeah. Tornado in a bottle. Science experiments. And if you look at it, it'll say that it comes from Marblehead. Weird. Somewhere along the line. I mean, maybe, I mean there, there might be knockoffs now. It's like... It's an impressive thing when you're like 10 and you're like, wow, that's neat. And now it's just like, okay, you took two soda bottles and you stuck them together. It's an impressive thing that somebody made a career that out is of also selling impressive. these tubes. And somebody is probably a millionaire. So, yeah, well, Marvel has not a cheap place to live. Nope. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> that was how they explained it. But the theory was that somehow that. You know, air is like traveling in a straight line through your intake, right? It's not moving around at all. And then by swirling it inside of your intake tube, you're going to get better combustion and fuel mixture. Which, okay, so... (laughs) I'm already lost. (laughs) No, that that does happen as air enters your combustion chamber as it yeah. goes into the through the metal part of your intake well that was the whole thing with the hemispherical head design they made a swirling mixture uh, it was part of it 100 yeah, it was part of it no it's just it's there's different theories on the way heads are set up i i agree yeah. but i'm saying that was part of the way the advertising for that was it made oh, a swirling oh, part of advertising yeah. yeah yeah advertising and actual practice is is different <laughs> like clearly um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, like a variable intake runner intake works in the same principle, but it actually works. <laughs> okay. Um, and I understand like somebody wanting to think it would work, but the funny thing is like, I remember so early, early nineties Mitsubishi's behind before do i remember them yes very well we have tons of them lying around so before you switched out to like a like a 2g mass airflow sensor that had like the oval uh like opening or like the round opening the later ones yeah the early carmen vortex ones like the one that's in the talon and the glant if you ever managed to find one of these cars stock or had one when they were stock you could open up the intake and there was a cardboard silencer in there that looks like one of these things yes and you would pull it out because it restricts airflow (laughs) like when i had the 89 montero it still had it in it so i just pulled it out yeah i remember when i got my to get that extra half a horsepower that might help me (laughs) my first um dsm my only dsm had the cardboard thing in it still when i got it yeah, and yeah. you just rip that right out. And it literally looks... It's like the same shape. 
And it's funny when you look up like the tornado thing and all the different like news stations would like test it. And there was one that was like tested on their news van. It was like without 11 miles per gallon with 10.2 miles per gallon. Like, oh, got just, less? Yeah, it just restricts <laughs> airflow. <laughs> yeah. This is the, just the dumbest thing. It's awesome. And then somebody, there's some comment I read where the guy's like, yeah, I bought a car that had it in there. And I didn't realize it was in there, and it broke apart and went into the engine and ruined two cylinders. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just like this weird stamp sheet bill. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and it's like a, you know, it's like it uses, it's supposed to use like a, they describe it, it's like the vortex of like a turbofan engine in like a jet. Like, it's the same principle. It's like, no, nothing moves. There's no yep. moving parts. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's no good. So... That's a goofy one. Um, Do you have a sound clip of that one? I just have like the put whole... A tor- put a tornado in your engine. The whole infomercial. And it's, oh, there's no sound clip to start that one with? I mean, I can play it. We're going to hear from enthusiastic users who, like you, are tired of paying today's sky-high gas prices. Right? And who are fighting <laughs> back. And believe me, fighting when you back. hear what are... That one's got crappy audio, so we're not going to keep playing that one. But, yeah. So, so I'm looking at a picture of it right now on my monitor yeah. in front of me. Um, it oh, looks of like what? It, of a tornado. Um, yeah, you remember what they look like, right? I didn't realize how cheaply yeah. made they were. Yeah. And they charge like 20 bucks or $20. something for it. Yeah. It it's looks killing. like something you'd find in your kitchen to like slice an apple into six slices. It looks exactly like that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it would leave the core out in the middle. Yeah. So they had one that would go like in a regular intake tube. Then they'd have one, if you wanted to put it in your Camaro, it would go in the the big round air cleaner on top of your car. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Yeah. People bought them, I guess. I didn't hear anything about People it. People are still buying them. They're, the first link that comes up is eBay, 1999, Tornado Fuel yeah. Saver. Um, and then uh, if you go on eBay too, I didn't realize this was a thing. I just learned about this. Like tonight, I just learned about this like a week ago, and I'll tell you a story when you're done talking about it. I see the note here. Yeah, magnetic fuel savers. Yes. How does how do magnets work? Because <laughs> they don't work with fuel. Oh, this isn't the one I was thinking you were going to talk about. You, you can you add. Over the yeah. Next one. Oh, I did skip over the next yeah, one. Yeah, that's okay. We, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go back. We'll I don't want to. I don't want to miss it. I didn't realize that that was a thing either. Yeah. Till right now. <laughs> so, it's magnets that you go and you'll put on your fuel line. And it aligns the fuel molecules. Is there metal in your fuel line? Your fuel line is metal, yeah. The hard no, is line? there metal in your fuel line? What? Well, what the hell is the magnet aligning if there's no metal? It's aligning the fuel molecules. How? I don't know. <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not no, how any of this works. Any of this works. Magnets, man. How do they work? Yeah. And because motor fuels are nonpolar. Correct. You can't align them, and it wouldn't matter anyway. It wouldn't matter. It flows through the tube so fast, it wouldn't do anything, even if it could. <laughs> no, the idea is that, like, you know, molecules have a positive and negative charge or whatever. and that it's nothing to do with magnets. It has everything to do with magnets, actually. No, but, it, okay, it does. <laughs> but molecules aren't affected by... Yes, they are. Don't go down this road. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. All right, so I don't know science so well, but I know that magnets don't affect much that isn't made out of metal. Yes, so that the the idea is that 
they're claiming that fuel has like say iron in it. Okay. And you're like aligning all the iron molecules or something. Okay. And that this is going to give you if all of your molecules enter your engine in the same direction, you're going to have better fuel economy. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't matter that they're being atomized by fuel injectors or, in your case, carburetors. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, nobody should be surprised that I don't truly know how molecules work because I do drive carbureted cars. Yeah. So, so maybe you should put some magnetic fuel savers in there. Maybe. I don't know how I'd put them on my fuel lines, though, because they're all, like, rubber. <laughs> <laughs> the magnets might actually crush the crush the rusty ones together. So More than likely. More than likely. Um, I've never heard of that until right now. I don't, but I mean, they, they sell magnets for everything. Like supposedly you put these magnets yeah. on your wrist yeah. and they make yeah. you healthier. No, it doesn't work. No, of course it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. The at only all. thing magnets work for is like in a compass. Hanging things on my refrigerator. Yeah. Or a compass. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things they work for, but none of this crazy, <laughs> ridiculous crap do they work for. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan now. Wrap some copper bands then around your fuel lines. No, <laughs> like those copper things. I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> if I had copper fuel lines, listen. If you told me that I could make money selling magnetic fuel savers, I'm going to do it. Yeah, capitalism rules, my friend. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I think my favorite one. Their now, money is now my money. And then I didn't realize was a thing. Is the fuel shark? Yes. And <laughs> this has a couple different. Names, but Fuel Shark is the one I found. Yes, and it's literally this thing mm-hmm. that plugs into your twelve volt socket, mm-hmm. lights up, stabilizes your electrical system, stabilizes, stabilizes yes. it, and improves your fuel economy. Yes, <laughs> I don't understand how this works either. It doesn't. Um, That's the thing, right? I also, as an added benefit, now you can't charge your cell phone because you're too busy yeah. sta- stabilizing the electronic yeah. system in your yeah. car, and just. <laughs> You've got a cool blue LED looking thing. Yes. That's kind of glass shaped. Yep. And it looks like it goes somewhere else. And that's so about all it's worth. There's another <laughs> one. The um the chip is another good one. The chip. Yes. The one you can buy on eBay for any car. Oh. That boosts performance. Where do you plug it into? Um, I think you plug it into your OBD now. Oh, okay. Back in the day it used to like piggyback off of your ECU somehow. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't do anything either. Mm. It's like $30 to just plug a dongle into your... <laughs> just does nothing. Does, doesn't do anything. It's, it's a black plastic yeah. cover. Yeah, pretty much all it is. Um, and the other one which I ran into um, at work on a customer's car... Yeah. We have... Well, I work at a body shop. Mm-hmm. We have a mechanic shop on site. And he's putting an engine in his kid's car the other day. And it's a Hyundai... Mm-hmm. Regardless, doesn't matter. But in his air intake, he cut a slot in the intake tube. Okay, after the filter or before? Mm, after the filter. Really? Well, no, he filled it. Don't worry. Okay. So in the slot goes this. It almost looks like a mass air meter. Mm-hmm. And then it has two wires that come off of it. Mm-hmm. One of them plug into a positive power source. Is he heating his intake air? No. No, okay. I don't know what this does, because the other one you're supposed to plug in somewhere near, I don't know what it was plugged into. I followed it back to the firewall. I think it goes into a wire coming off of the ECU. Okay. And it supposedly tricks his ECU into delivering more fuel, and therefore making his car faster. Oh, right. He bought it on eBay. 
Right. Two wires. That's all it takes. Right. To defeat the ECU yeah. in your car. Yeah. See, this is not... One powered, which obviously is to power the red LED on top of the piece that plugs into your intake. Yeah. And one to go wherever. <laughs> I mean, he's on the right path. If you add more fuel... You're right. But you have to also add more air, so you need some sort of forced induction. Well, he had a cold air intake, so maybe that was his thought. Regardless, you don't trick the ECU with one wire. Ever. I don't know what it would possibly do. Not an OBD2 car. No. An early car, you might be able to. Regardless, this is a 2013 Hyundai, so it definitely doesn't do anything at all. But, now the funny part of that story is he called on a daily basis to make sure that we plugged it back in. Okay. That was, he wasn't concerned about the junkyard engine or the warranty on the junkyard engine or how many miles were on the junkyard engine. He was worried about his... Can you say why the engine was being replaced? Because it blew up. Ah. Okay. Had nothing to do with this thing plugging Or the cold car. air intake? No, 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 no. He ran out of oil. Right. The kid's 17. He just... All right. Doesn't know how oil works, apparently. Well, Doesn't know his car needs it. Learn more about oil and less about electronic things you buy on eBay. gadgets. Yeah. yeah. So that was a very similar setup that to this, all these you know, fuel sharks and magnetic fuel savers. And there's, there's a, a ton of them. If you wanted to dig deep into this, we should have um, pulled down some old car and driver magazines and gone to the ad section oh, in the back. Yeah. Because there are so many different ones back well, then. maybe we'll play with that at some yeah. point. I do so have the ad for the fuel ones. shark. Oh, is it audio as well? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's go with that. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Circle of death. Dead air. What is the circle of death? Oh, the loading screen, you mean? Yeah. Buffering. Right. Buffering. Buffering. All right. Buffering. All right. Cover me here, and I'll I'll redo it. Words. Talking. Podcasts. Yes. Pods, as we learned the other day. Folks, an... the makers of you. I'll cue it up. Honestly, I'm already excited to hear it because that guy's voice was just crazy. No, I get that was that guy was annoying. I already screened this a bit. I get a better spot for that it. That was pretty good, pretty good one though. Anything that's off, folks. What you're looking at here yeah. is already gold. Attention, all drivers. Oh. Fed up with skyrocketing gas prices? Fed Take up? a bite out of your gas bill with Take Fuel Shark. The Fuel Shark Fuel is a Shark. revolutionary gas-saving revolutionary. device that helps almost any car a, get up to 10% or more miles per gallon. Ferrari F355 convertible driving. Pocket. Fuel Shark is so easy to use. Just plug it into your car's cigarette lighter. Anyone can use it, Brad. Anyone. And the blue light tells me it's money. working. No yep. need for mechanics. Fumbling you don't need a mechanic. Fumble around under the hood. Or additives. Shark's technology has been successfully used, used by, by tens, tens of, of thousands. thousands of consumers to reduce fuel costs and favorably reviewed on news favorably programs reviewed. nationwide. The Fuel Shark saves me three to four miles per gallon, and I really love it. How does it work? That guy sounds Your like a trusted electrical source. system powers everything from the windows to lights, and when it's not performing at peak levels, it can affect your gas mileage. Right? Fuel Shark's <laughs> electrobalance technology <laughs> helps regulate and optimize your car's electrical system. This helps your car's engine run more efficiently and use less somehow... gas. Join the tens of thousands of consumers. I mean, maybe it is a placebo effect that you shark. think you have it. Wow. I just plug this into my lighter, the light comes on, and I'm ready to go. 
This is great. We're so confident you're going to love Fuel Shark that if you don't see an increase in your miles per gallon, you'll get your money back guaranteed. The Fuel Shark works. I wonder how hard it was to get your money back. Or diesel, no matter how old, Fuel Shark is safe for your car and so easy to use. So like a fifty-five Chevy. One hundred dollars or more, but through this special TV offer, the Fuel Shark can be yours for only twenty-nine ninety-five for this thing. For years, call now to order. Man, did people get built? I will say though that I just googled Fuel Shark because I'd never heard this one before. Yeah. I will say that twenty nine ninety five is was must have been their introductory you price. You talk about robbing people. However, that must have been their introductory price yeah. because now the first link that comes up is for seven dollars eight no, that is Walmart. The, that's the probably the uh knockoff one. You're not getting the genuine no, it says fuel shark. Oh, okay. That yeah. is the genuine fuel shark. I think it's a genuine fuel shark. I think it is uh, now the other funny thing about the fuel shark, if you just Google the words fuel shark, the first two links are two different articles about it. About how terrible it is, and it doesn't work. Both from Jalopnik. The first one is, the fuel shock won't save you gas because it runs on bullshit. (laughs) And the second one is, fuel shock wants us to apologize because they sell bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, Jalopnik has already put this to the test. Yeah. No, I don't even need to test it. I can just tell you it doesn't work. (laughs) That's not how cars work. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, maybe there's some placebo effect that you're like, I installed it, and now I'm driving differently do, without realizing it. I do encourage our audience to go to Google Fuel Shark and click on the article that says the Fuel Shark won't save you gas because it runs on bullshit. Because it's an article written by Jason Torchinsky, and the image, the lead image he uses in the article says, beware of fuel sharks, and it shows a Hillman imp floating around the top of the water with the Jaws shark coming up below it, <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, so that... That is fantastic. Lee Terrible. Um, the official Fuel Shock website says that Fuel Shock makes a great gift. Yeah. So you should expect one next year for Christmas. Uh, it would be a, a great Yankee swap gift. Yes. Or uh, some people call that a white elephant for you're not in New England. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a terrible. It's under 10 bucks, and it's From Walmart. Not yeah. directly from Fuel Shock. No. No. It's uh, terrible. And then, like... So the other one I had was like company claims they sold over a hundred thousand of them. Yeah, times twenty nine dollars a piece. Somebody's laughing all the way at the bank. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so what? Uh, what else did I have here? Oh, like the other thing that apparently, I mean, I remember the commercials were pretty crazy, but new finish. Do you remember that stuff? Polish. I do. It was just polish. Yeah, but it's like the way they advertise you. Like this stuff seems kind of weird. It's just Bogus. polish. It's the same stuff that I think it was just repackaged Armor All or something. Yeah, it is. Or, or uh, Turtle Wax. Yeah, it's got eight hundred Amazon reviews. People swear by it. Um, I have personal experience with this for like seven to nine dollars, like seven to nine dollars. Yeah. Like that's it's pretty it's cheap just, stuff. It's just apparently half, it's it works half really car well. Polish. My grandfather used this stuff all the time. Yeah, and I mean it was fine. I mean, he didn't have show cars by any means, but it was fine for his daily driver, you know, 86 Celebrity Station Wagon. Yeah. Um, he always had a bottle of new finish. I mean, the ad is fantastic. All right. Uh, I can't wait to hear the ad. I'll probably remember it. Yeah, you should, you'll probably remember it. This beaker contains a solution of sulfuric acid. Look what it does to this strip of metal. Like, ruined We're it. We're going to use this same powerful <laughs> acid to demonstrate the protective power of new finish polysealant. First, we polish just one half of this hood with new... That's only drives you the car wash? drops yeah. of acid on each side. Oh, Jesus. After 10 minutes, <laughs> the acid has eaten into the unpolished side, leaving a bubbly I don't know how it spot. didn't eat through the polish. But look, 
not a mark on the side protected by new finish. Imagine, if new finish can resist sulfuric acid, just think how it'll protect your car from the damaging effects of salt, grime, and punishing weather. You see, new finish is not a wax. It's an exclusive polymer formula exclusive. that seals out harsh elements while it seals in a bright showroom Why don't you just cover your car shot. in it, and then you can so drive all year round? finish poly seal. I don't know. The once-a-year car polish that passed the acid test. Satisfaction guaranteed. I'm going to polish the inside back. of my engine before I put it together so it doesn't resist yeah. wear from the pistons. <laughs> yeah, so that... That was funny. I I always thought that stuff was kind of like bogus, but it's just like fan, it's, just, it's like just car wax. It's just basic car wax. Yeah, it's ba- it, it, it is basic. It's like it's like the turn. What the hell? What is going on yeah, there? The thing kept playing. Yeah, I don't know what else you're looking at there, but it didn't sound didn't sound uh, family friendly. Uh, um, yeah, it's just it's just the basic car with new finish or like I said, turtle wax or the basic McGuire's wax. It's all going to the same stuff. Yeah, I like basic like. McGuire's cleaner wax, just in the red can. Yeah, the basic stuff out forever. That's <laughs> it. Smells really it used good. Used to be called Gold Class, I think. And it just like works. Yeah. Because like, I don't know I like really the tech wax is really really good. The but thing it's like the, twenty dollars. Well, the good thing about the tech wax when you're doing a more modern car has black trim. It doesn't like make the trim white. Uh, it still kind of does, but oh, I'm thinking different. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Uh, it's not supposed to, but if you get too much on there, it does. Well, yeah. I mean, if you but if you Fear. just touch it with it, it's not gonna yeah. affect it. You have to tape everything up like with some cheaper waxes. No, so that those were some fun ones. I thought I'd do something a little different tonight. There are more out there. Do you remember twin tires? Twin tires. Yeah. No. They required a special wheel. Twin tires. Yeah. They came out in the eighties. Oh, I think I somebody remember. posted that to the Radwood Group. Oh, really? I don't yeah. remember who made them, but um, it required a special wheel, and it was like you had dualies in all four corners of your car. And the theory behind it was the center channel between two tires would be really good at evacuating water. Okay. Kind of like an aqua tread, which okay. is true. Oh. And that it would also, if you got a flat tire, you'd only get half of your tire flat and you could drive home. Okay. That was the theory. But the negative was obviously the cost. It required yeah. different wheels. It required two tires per corner of the car. And it required, um, and it made a smaller contact patch for the same width. Because you had two round tires in the ground. Yeah. So. Didn't yeah. Ca- didn't and you had like on. less. Um, you had like less contact patch. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Less contact patch. Yeah. Because you had two separate tires in each wheel. So that was. Uh, they tried that. It was in the late 80s, the early 90s. I remember. I was like, I think it was a Porsche 911. A Porsche 911 yeah. in the ads. Do you remember Aquatread tires? That remind me. Yeah. Those was good years. Those were yeah. legit. I mean, that was. Uh, yeah. It was a big center channel to channel water away. Which, if you look at a lot of tires now, a lot of tires adopted that design after the Aqua Tread came out. So that actually yeah. worked. That wasn't a yeah, scam. That totally works. Yeah, um, that's no, that's real. That science works. Mm-hmm. But no, it was just funny all that stuff. Oh, it was a lot of it. And I have a lot of um, hot rod magazines and stuff going back to the seventies. Yeah. And there's been stuff since the dawn of time. Oh, if you watch, if you watch the infomercial for the tornado, it like cites Hot Rod magazine of like choosing it like product of the month and you so it's like some of the stuff's like paid for oh of course like, it is like come on yeah. no i mean our magazine had all the ads in the back and just like car and driver and all the ads in the back yeah all the back in the 70s there were some interesting interesting ones i can't think of them top of my head right now but it was a lot of stuff that was touted fuel savings and you know what i've always been curious about is the stuff you'd spray on your license plate yep they tested that somewhere it didn't work either like supposed to make it visible to photo radar 
Yeah, and then I think it would like if you hit it with a flash, it would just totally obliterate it. Like yeah. you wouldn't be able to read it. Like that, I don't think work. that works it either. Work either, yeah. no. No. And plus, that's also completely illegal to try to block your license plate from a photo radar. Yes, completely illegal. Auto off topic does not recommend you no, block your license plate from photo radar. And then, like, I don't know. I've always been. I've never used a really expensive radar detector, so I don't know if they actually work or not. I know some people who swear by, like, the Valentine uh, yes. one and the other ones, but my experience with radar detectors is, A, with modern radar, it's laser, and it's on-off technology, so... Yeah, uh, we've been told that it's, like, once they see you... It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Like, they, they hit it, it'll go off, and you slow down, and maybe they'll be like, all right, he slowed down, I'll leave yeah. him alone. Yeah. But... We have... I've never had one. Yeah. Never tried one. I remember in the 80s, my father had one. I remember every time he'd pull up, like, around a corner, and there was a building in front of you with an alarm, like, the radar detector would go off. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So there's, yeah, there's a bunch of people that swear by him. I don't know. Yeah, because I remember he used to all these false positives. He always knew. He was like, all right, that's false positive. That's a false positive. Drive by an airport. You'd that's get a it. false positive. I'm like, well, would a cop be smart to sit where all these false positives are? Yeah, right. <laughs> But um, I don't think that they're very popular at all in the general public anymore. You know, that's I don't think kind of do it. I think, fell out of favor. I think stuff like Waze kind of. Yeah. I mean, like, people used to use the club on their cars to prevent theft. Oh. You don't see clubs on cars anymore. I have recently a couple times. Oh, really? An older car, probably, owned by an older mm. older person, I'd assume. It was like a newer car. Probably owned by the same person who used it in the 80s. Right, an older person. Yeah, because, I don't know. Did I mean, what was the... What was that? I know you used one in your G-Body. Well, yeah, it was the easiest car in the world to steal. Yeah, and what it was, did it and do? it was the 90s, so yeah, it was popular. It, what did it do? It prevented the steering wheel from turning. You can only turn it so far because the club would hit the steering wheel or your thigh or the center console. I guess, see, I don't know. Uh, I don't know anyone. I personally don't know anyone that's had a car stolen. Sure you do. Who? You know my mom. Oh, she had a car stolen? Remember the blue Cadillac? That was stolen? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yep. I only know people that have had their, like, I feel like nowadays, most of the crime is just, you just break into the car. No, there's or, a lot of car theft that goes on really? still to this day, 100%. Just, people don't steal the kinds of cars that people we hang out with own. Yeah, People but, steal, like, Camrys and Accords and, uh um, I feel like they just steal the wheels little, off them. No, they steal the whole cars for sure. Um, but they there's actually just, an interesting special on... This roll up of the flatbed and just take them? No, they drive away in them. They have all these special things. They do that trick, all the smart keys. And Why wouldn't you just roll up with a flatbed and pretend you're a tow truck driver towing something? I don't know. Because nobody will question you. Nobody will question people. Even less people will question you if you drive away in a car. Yeah. You know, you're causing a scene in a tow truck. A professional really? car thief can get a car gone in Weird. a minute or two and just drive off. I, and, I mean, and 99% of the people in the world walking by don't know whose car it is. Yeah. like, oh, this is a man who's... Getting into his car and driving away. Seems like most of the time it's just a crime of opportunity that people walk by, check if the car's unlocked, nope. and steal stuff out of it. Nope. There's, in you know, not to cite a terrible movie, but, you know, Gone in 60 Seconds is a list of cars they try to steal. Yeah. That's legit. People have lists of cars they have like to steal. But it's like Accords, Camrys. Middle-of-the-road luxury it's, cars. It's all kinds of stuff that they can sell in South America and South Africa or in um, uh, Western Africa, places that just... They have such high import. So they steal duties. the entire car. Yeah, they crate them up and they oh. ship them overseas. See, I figured they'd be like taking the car. That's s- what Accords and Camrys and stuff it, get stolen from here, 
and they then chopped up like the old chopped. And then they added. somehow end up being washed. The parts get washed through, and you end up buying them as used parts. No, that's no uh, happens a lot less than you'd think. Okay, um, when you buy used parts now from a yeah. salvage yard, yeah. There has to be a VIN number associated with it. Okay. And that VIN number has to come back clean. If it comes back to a stolen oh. car, they can't sell they can't they can't legally sell the parts. I'm not saying it doesn't happen because obviously, you know, it does. Um, like if you have a car that you buy from a salvage auction, mm-hmm. and I know at least in Massachusetts, I'm not sure about other states, but if you want to rebuild a car You have to have it inspected now. You have to have it inspected yeah. after it's rebuilt, and you have to have receipts for all the parts, and the receipts have to have VIN numbers on them that match VIN numbers on the parts. And those all have to come back as clean, non-stolen parts. Hmm. So it's all logged. And that's why you see a lot of junkyards now are owned by, like, LKQ. Because they have the manpower. They have the the manpower and they have the money behind it to organize all that stuff and do it the way the federal regulations are nowadays. I did not know that. That's why the pick-apart is kind of falling out of favor to the corporate junkyard, Hmm. unfortunately. Uh, Bummer. We should uh, should go junkyard diving this summer. We haven't done that in a while. I'm down all the time. I'm down. All right. Well, anyway, that's a. We're gonna call that an episode. All right. So, if, if you random conversations of the evening tonight. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but I, I, well, before you go, I was saying there was a special I was watching. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if it was on Netflix or if it was on YouTube, but it was about carjackers in uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and it was just a it, like undercover video followed them along. I think they talked about that on the Smoking Tire. Did they? Yeah. Um, but it was it was like armed carjacking. Some of it was. Yeah, that dude was talking about, like, packing guns. And, and like, Camden. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it was Camden, because Camden's the car, car theft yeah. capital of the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, w- it was legit, and they had vi- they had video of it once the car got to Africa, how what happens, how the car sale went down, how they bought it, and how they sold mm-hmm. them, and how they snuck them in, and how there's millions and millions of um, containers going back and forth from country to country all the time, and there's just not enough manpower to check every one. So yeah, every now and then they'll catch a container.